0: Gravity Falls creep into the non animated world. This is the Gravity Bros podcast. Hello, everybody. I am Alicester, and this is my brother who I have shared a media department store adventure with. Lucas! Hello.
1: Hello, 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 everybody. Hello.
0: Uh, that's an excellent introduction. Thank Thanks. you for introducing yourself and telling us how you're doing.
1: Yeah. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I guess you never ask, because I'm usually the one starting the journey, and then I yeah. go to you, and then we move on to the next thing. But you know what? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Uh, there's... jeez, I can't even tell you why. I just feel good. Part of it's that I'm so excited about this episode that we're about nice. to do. Uh, this is one of my favorite episodes of Gravity Falls in the early stages, to be honest, like just to get right out and say it.
1: Yeah, I think in the early stages, is a good phrase. I think before we start getting into the more plot-heavy episodes, this is one of my favorites, too.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to like. And before we get to it all, um, I want to go straight to a question uh, that we got in the Discord from mm-hmm. Max Hatter, great Discord okay. user. Uh, they want to know who's more like Mabel and who's more like Dipper. And I think that now that we're four episodes in, it might be an interesting start to think about this. Uh Cause when I really started considering, we have a little bit of each of them in both of us.
1: And yeah, I'm not sure
0: which way it sways one way or the other.
1: I feel like I don't know, it's kind of a hard comparison, you know, because there's definitely I, I don't I don't know like how self analytical I want to get on this show, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I don't know, just there are definitely parts of me that are more analytical, like Dipper. I think that's the dichotomy that most people think of, right? Analytical versus silly. I think that's kind yeah. of what they're playing with, right? Which I think I think isn't actually a fair dichotomy, but I feel like that's kind of what the question is. More Because care- I feel like Dipper and Mabel are like each other, you know, because they're siblings themselves, right? Yeah. You know, and I feel like they have a lot of likeliness to them as well. So, I don't know, that's hard to say. I I couldn't even say if I feel more like one than the other, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I can
0: be, like, Dipper when I start to take things a little bit too seriously, maybe. And then you can be more free-flowing, like Mabel in that sense. But when it comes to things like the show, I am very much more of a Mabel, where I'm not analyzing anything and I'm just laughing and having a good time. And so it's like... Yeah. To be honest, I feel like I am more prone to be more of a dipper a lot of the time, but I also have like a lot of Mabel's weird quirks, so it's a it's a tough one. As we I, go I, I through, can
1: say, I'd want to be Mabel hundred percent. That's what I'd want to. So I'm going to say that. <laughs> that's what I strive for.
0: Yeah, no, and that's true. I love Mabel's philosophy on life. I, I do. I would like to be able to loosen up as much as she can sometimes. So yeah, uh, yeah, I. And again, as we go, we're probably going to find moments that remind us of ourselves and our sibling relationship through their eyes. And we'll get a little bit of that from Mabel and Dipper. So let's use that as a transition into this episode. We get the very first sentence of our episode here. Mabel, do you believe in ghosts? And I really like that they start with that because it doesn't really go anywhere in the beginning. But it ends up Mm. being the crux of the entire episode.
1: Yeah, uh, tight writing. Uh, another example of, like, something that's technically, like, a self-contained episode. I don't think there's any, like, overarching plot indication in this one. And even still, very tightly written. You know, it does definitely doesn't feel like filler because we get such an awesome story and so much good character development.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. In this specific example, when when Dipper asks, Mabel, do you believe in ghosts? She just goes, I believe you're a big dork. <laughs> and then that's it. Point over for the time being. Yeah. Um, but we have Grunkle Stan who leaves Seuss and Wendy to run the Mystery Shack for a second, which Seuss takes the responsibility very seriously. Wendy, as we start to <laughs> really understand her character for the first time,
1: does not. Dude, Wendy literally just says no. He's like, All right, Wendy and Seuss, I'm leaving you guys to take care of the Mystery Shack like you've got it mr whatever he says i forgot he he dresses him in a specific way and then when he's just like nope i'm not doing that or something you know
0: and i'm like what yeah and grungle stands basically like okay that's about what i expected good luck and leaves anyway yeah Uh, so wendy goes ahead and lowers this ladder And Seuss isn't so sure about it because he wants to take it seriously, but that's the last we'll hear from Seuss. So it doesn't matter anyway. (laughs) Wendy totally takes the kids up the ladder and does her irresponsible teenager thing by throwing pine cones at a target from the roof. And we get what is a very important moment in the series, regardless of how you feel about it, where Dipper has this moment where he looks at Wendy and there's that background music of, Oh my gosh, I'm in love with this person. Uh,
1: Yes, yes, yes. So, despite what I would say is one of the, one of my least favorite plot lines in Gravity Falls, I still love this episode, even though this is kind of introducing it. We start getting the weird dipper crush on Wendy in this episode. And I will say, at the very beginning, it feels weird for a second, but then the rest of the episode plays it off. I, I don't feel uncomfortable about it for the rest of this episode. So I'm cool. We're cool now, but we'll we'll get to it later when we get to it. But I don't love this plot line all the time. I understand it. I'm not saying I don't appreciate it being there and understand it, but I don't love it all the time. It's kind of annoying. Yeah.
0: It can get pretty cringe at times, especially early in this episode. And as we started here, I was like, oh, this is a Wendy Dipper episode. And I forget how good it gets. How, like, the second half is just so excellent that you don't even care about that anymore.
1: Yeah, Um, I I was, that's exactly how I was going to phrase it, too. I'm just like, the second it starts with Wendy and Dipper, that's my mentality. Like, oh, God, a Wendy and Dipper episode. I don't want to deal with these. But yeah, it it takes off in a way that you almost forget that that's even the running narrative, which is good because it's, we don't want to remember it. It's it's annoying.
0: Sure. I will say about the Wendy and Dipper thing, and obviously we don't want to spoil things that are going to be coming later, but this is, it is important for reasons. And I do think that It is not totally unrealistic for a kid like Dipper to have a crush on this older girl that's the only person he really interacts with in this summer adventure.
1: I think Uh, that aspect of it makes perfect sense. The thing that doesn't make sense to me, it's not Dipper's crush on Wendy. It's Wendy's, like, trashy obliviousness and, like like blatant danger that she puts this kid in even though like like what are you doing taking a child with you breaking into a department store dude he climbed through a roof I, I, i'm jumping ahead on the plot line a little bit but yeah I, i'm just saying like she's does some pretty questionable things dude But I think
0: that that's what makes it less cringy, is knowing that in spite of Dipper having this very serious crush on her, she does not give two craps whatsoever and continues to just entertain this for a while. That's terrible. (laughs) I disagree with you and I love it. Yeah, and then she goes ahead and does put him and Mabel in danger by being irresponsible because that's what she does. She's like, Oh, these are two cool kids that are here for the summer. Let's bring them into this break-in. I I don't know. In a weird way, I, I'm not saying it's good,
1: but okay, it's okay. Wendy. Let, 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 let's talk about the plot a little more. I, I have more points to make about this.
0: Sounds good. So Mabel sees this crush from a mile away. Dipper can't hide it at all. He says, well, it's not like I lay awake thinking about her. And then realizes Funny scene. that very first night very much does lie yeah. awake. And this is going to be an important plot point. So... We get to the next day. Uh, Mabel and Wendy are doing a dance party for no reason. Uh, Dipper is watching it, and he writes down. I am pretending to write something down, which is the type of thing that I actually think is pretty relatable. Um, No?
1: Not to me. But, you know, everybody's (laughs) different, you know? There's all sorts of great complexity in the world. I've definitely never done anything like that personally. I'm not trying to high-road anybody. I respect it.
0: Well, I don't mean even necessarily just in a crush setting, but have you ever, like, pretended to be doing something just so that you would look like you were busy and not just staring? Oh, I mean,
1: I do that at work all the time. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> and you work from home. Yeah, that I That is that's weird. Like,
1: that's why I'm kidding. I used to do that a lot, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we get an important moment where Mabel, being the worst sister ever, the episode after Dipper was, like, the best brother ever, yeah. Just starts telling Wendy, who she knows he has a crush on, about this lammy dance that he did when he was a kid. And I don't even think that Mabel means it maliciously. She just seems to not be thinking about it.
1: See, this is one of the examples, because half the time I love Mabel, and half the time I cannot stand Mabel. And this is half the time when I'm just like, like, Dipper is so much better a brother than you are a sister in this show sometimes. <laughs> It's so true. Like, you really might is. be a better character, but he's a better brother. <laughs> 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 you know
0: what I mean? Surprisingly, Dipper sort of, like, brushes this off and does not take it that seriously. Like, he's not mad at Mabel for this. He's just trying to move on to the next thing.
1: But, I'd be mad. I'd be hella mad. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. No, of course. And, I mean, she keeps pushing it as the episode goes on, yeah. but... Wendy offers for Dipper and Mabel to hang out with her group of teenage friends, and he decides that he's going to lie about being 13, him and Mabel, um, so that he can go do this teenage stuff with them. And we meet Wendy's friend group. And this is important, because we are going to meet them in future episodes as well. We've yeah. got Lee and Nate, who are just kind of like boneheaded dudes. I, I'd say probably the least important. Tambri, who's the girl who is always on her phone, says uh, some importance later. Uh, Thompson, who I love Thompson because he's the guy in the group who is sort of the one that everybody makes fun of all the time, but lovingly. Like, they are endeared to him, but he clearly is not comfortable with his role in the group. Uh, And most importantly, Robbie, who is your stereotypical angsty punk teenager who is really just a jerk all the time. And Dipper is so incredibly awkward meeting these people for the first time.
1: Well, yeah, because he's got a crush on Wendy and Wendy and Robbie clearly have a thing going on. And I think the way that Robbie reacts to Dipper is also kind of weird because like picture me with somebody that I am affectionate with. If a 12-year-old started hitting on them, personally, I would not be very threatened. I don't know about anyone else, but I I, I really wouldn't be too worried about that. And Robbie seems pretty messed up about it most of the time. Like, the tension that they have in this episode that we're going to get into, it's it's palpable, to say the least.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're so right. He, Robbie hates Dipper so fast. Yeah, dude,
1: <laughs> chill out! Like, somebody's insecure about their relationship. Yeah, I think Robbie's insecure about a lot of things. That's true. That is, that is his thing. And that does demonstrate it very well, actually. So.
0: Yeah, the issue being that he painted an explosion on this watermill, you know, vandalized it, which is apparently supposed to be cool. And, Super. Uh,
1: I love vandalism. No, I'm just kidding. That
0: <laughs> <Do, laughs> wasn't ready for that. Uh, <laughs> um, Dipper basically says, Oh, you painted a muffin, and he means it. And uh, Robbie's like, Oh, this kid is just the worst.
1: And everyone laughs uh, at him because he's like, It does look like a muffin. Because <laughs> it does.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he's angry that now Dipper has made him a laughing yeah. stock to his friend group. Whatever.
1: Which it's just all teenage kids' stupid, stuff. Yeah. Um, Dude, even so, as a teenager, I wouldn't have been mad at that. Robbie's just particularly an ass. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, we get the
0: car ride over where Thompson is driving in his mom's car. Uh, they, none of the people in the car have any respect for that, even when he asks them not to punch him. Uh, and the important part here is where Mabel, in the car seat, just shouts, Oh, am I embarrassing you in front of your girlfriend? Like, and gets cut off by Dipper. And then licks his hand, which is a very sibling thing to do. Again,
1: she's being so cruel for no reason. Just keep the secret. What's what's the point here? I'm so I I'm so salty at Mabel. Yeah, I I hated it when because that's a, that's a that is it's very realistic. That is definitely something that a twelve year old would do. Hundred percent. Having yeah, been twelve is. and had friends that did stuff like that. And, and it makes me hate it because I know how real that it is. And I'm like, no, don't. I know that this happens. I know people I know because of this scene, this is going to happen to somebody. Actually, a 12 year old is going to watch this and repeat it. So I'm it's a chance. really good point.
0: Hey, that's a whole conversation about satire. And when you're telling a joke to make fun of something, but people take real lessons away from it because they think it's funny for the wrong reasons. There's a yeah. whole discussion that could be had on that. But th- this is a very low stakes example of, of it. So yeah. uh, I won't, I won't I, go I, down we're that We're not going
1: to... Alec and I have differences. We're not going to get into the morality of that. Go harass yeah. us on YouTube for stuff like that.
0: <laughs> so... We get what feels like a very random scene at the time. I remember watching it and being like, why are we getting this storyline? It was just Grunkle Stan shouting, kids, I can't find the remote and I refuse to stand up. So he ends up watching a movie called The Duchess Approves just because he won't get up to grab the remote. Okay, Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm smiling and shaking my head in glee right now for anyone who can't see me, which is everyone listening to this. Uh, I love this. I love this plot line. This is a whole side plot where Grunkle Stan just literally won't stand up to find the remote to change the channel and gets invested in, like, a soap opera, essentially. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole side plot. That is the B-plot running throughout this episode.
0: Which ends up being important later. So... We, back, we go back to the gang after that very small, like, 10-second scene. <sighs> They're at a chain-link fence. They're looking at this condemned shop called Dusk to Dawn. Rumor has it that it has been shut down for a murder, that people died there years ago. I think they might have used the year 95, even. And but
1: This is when the episode actually starts getting good now that we're past now we've had some of the weird awkward dipper trying to impress wendy stuff we finally got a little taste of that delicious b plot (laughs) with grunkle stan that's right now we're finally getting into the creepy department store so dipper is like trying to impress wendy so he's like oh maybe i should like try to break into the store or whatever um was it did he say something about not wanting to go in at first and everybody's like "Ooh, is he a little scaredy cat one of those things one of the classic oh you're a scared little boy looks like you're gonna have to prove yourself so then he jumps on the roof and like does this crazy thing that would honestly probably get somebody very injured if they tried it and climbed into the store and unlocked it and let everybody in and when everybody goes in we see uh, a ghostly little like you know, the, 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 the open-closed sign on the shop door, like, ghostly flips. So, ghost, we know now. And uh, That's
0: right. It goes from open to closed. And yes. everything inside is run down. It's dark. It's creepy. But everybody's like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. Look, we got in here. Good job, Dipper. Wendy tries some light switches. Everything turns on. Yep. So Dipper's like, so what are we going to do now? And Wendy says, anything we want and more, perhaps, in the very near future.
1: Now, we get to... <clears throat> this is not related to most of the plot of the episode, but what does happen is one of my favorite moments in all of Grafty Falls. And that's that Mabel goes and finds some discontinued candy that is apparently banned in the United States. And she eats a lot of it. <laughs> and she literally goes on a psychedelic trip where she is no longer connected with reality and just sees rainbow creatures, like, talking to her for the rest of the
0: episode. And they are not freaking subtle about it, dude. Like, (laughs) this is so on-the-nose, a psychedelic trip happening for this 12-year-old child. There is a weird large dog that asks, Do you want to eat my paws?
1: Oh, my God, it's, dude.
0: Oh, it's so weird. And her eyes tell everything. Her pupils are all dilated.
1: Oh, yeah, man. I, oh, reminded me of some great times. I, I, I really oh, enjoyed goodness. this scene. I really right, enjoyed Lucas, this scene. Lucas, remember
0: about uh, pushing the envelope? The envelope is here. You're. Oh, no, uh, I mean, I mean, just watching some I, pressure.
1: I just mean watching cartoons in the past. It reminded me of other cool scenes I've seen from cartoons. That I would watch. I know there may I or may not have it. been a television there when I was watching them. No, I'm just kidding. Oh boy, I can't take <laughs> you anywhere. <laughs> um, but for real though, like I love the animation. I love how absurd this scene is, and I just think it's hysterical that Mabel is literally tripping for the rest of the whole episode. Like, this is a Disney show! You just made a 12-year-old tripping on drugs for, for the, half of the episode! I think it's great, dude. I love it. I think it's so yeah. good.
0: I love that they went there. It's just so edgy. and I mean, it's a perfect joke because a kid is not going to understand. But an oh, adult yeah, is totally exactly. getting get what they're going for, but it's still funny to a kid, so it's, like, one of those jokes that's just great for every audience, I think. Yeah,
1: you know, because a kid could be like, oh, how funny, like, oh, it's a fictitious idea of if I ate too much candy, you know, like, oh, how funny would it be if, like, this crazy thing would happen, you know, like, oh, I'd see cartoons and stuff if I ate candy, you know, definitely subtle enough to pass, so. Exactly, (laughs) so while Mabel is tripping balls, there's... (laughs) There's
0: a much bigger problem happening,
1: or yeah. is about to yeah, happen. Ch- I would not want to be tripping in this department store. Dude, this would be <laughs> a scary place to be having this experience, because <laughs> there there are ghosts that hate teenagers here, man.
0: <laughs> yes, so Dipper goes to get ice and there is a frightening brain monster in the ice chest that is seriously out of nightmares. It's dude,
1: so scary. for real. Dude, if Mabel had opened the door, I'm sorry, I'm still on this, <laughs> if she opened the door and saw that dude, she'd have been like, I'm done, man. I, I This is going south. We would have not been <laughs> seeing candy-covered dogs anymore, man. We'd have been seeing hellhounds. <laughs> We'd have been seeing Dante's Inferno for the rest of the episode, bro. Okay, I'm sorry. That's it. <laughs> but I will say this 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 thing actually is really creepy in, in the imagery in this episode. <laughs> take, take it over. <laughs> the the <laughs> oh. <laughs> the imagery in this episode actually is really creepy. I don't even know why they chose to make a brain the thing that Dipper runs into in the closet, because the ghost doesn't even take that form. That was just a cheap way to scare them. It was awesome. Woo!
0: Oh, boy. Thank you for the laughter. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. Great podcasting. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, we've got Dancy Pants Revolution, the game that tricks people into exercising as it's put by one of the characters <laughs> yeah also also very real so while they're still having this fun and they're trying to play the dance game i think thompson is going for it uh dipper looks out the window and sees skeleton versions of everyone in the reflections of said window dude uh,
1: if i was mabel no i'm just kidding i'm <laughs> No, but for real. That's so scary. That is actually so scary. Even if I wasn't Mabel, I'd be freaking the hell out, dude. I would not be as cool of a cucumber as Dipper is being right now. No, sir, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I've heard other podcasters
0: like <laughs> Consum- lose it in the middle of <laughs> conversation, but I <laughs> I didn't a lot of the time, I don't always believe that they're really just having gut-busting laughter that they cannot control themselves. This is the first time this has ever, like, truly happened to me where I cannot contain no, it.
1: If you were Mabel right now? No, I'm just <laughs> You'd be laughing so much harder. Even.
0: <laughs> Let's see if we can get through this. Let's just try. So... Okay. <laughs> um, because dipper is freaked out by these skeletons he tries getting a hold of grunkle stan who we see is too busy being incredibly invested in this movie that he has gotten himself into eating ice cream
1: dude yeah this and- side plot is awesome he's so invested he's gone from hating this show to being completely fully invested in the relationship of this character and it's hilarious. And it also actually does give us an insight into the softer emotional side of Grunkle Stan, which is actually important for his character too. It's
0: true. I mean there's a great line from the movie that he's watching where the character goes, I may be a duchess, but I'm also a woman. And Grunkle Stan goes, It's just like my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was a good that was a good Grunkle voice. I liked that.
0: Oh, appreciate it. Maybe I gotta keep workshopping it as we go.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So,
0: needless to say, Grunkle Stan is unavailable, uh, once again proving to be a very poor guardian for these children. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: dude, I would
0: just... <laughs> okay,
1: yeah, sorry, you're right, very poor guardian.
0: So, Dipper needs to tell these teenagers, or what he thinks are maybe his friends, about this danger, but he's worried about seeing, or being seen like a crazy little kid, and he's trying to share this information with Mabel. <laughs> but she's she not emotionally available to help with this at the moment.
1: Nor physically. No. I believe that her consciousness is on another dimension, surfing the uh, astral plane <laughs> with uh, puppy dogs and sunshine with smiley faces.
0: Yes. Meanwhile, Robbie finds an outline of a body in the store, which that's pretty creepy, <laughs> and he wants to lay in it. But Dipper, who is realizing that things are really not normal in this place, is saying, we really shouldn't do this. They start giving him a hard time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're they're, they're like, Dipper, you're a loser because you're scared. And then Dipper's like, I'm not scared. I'll just lay in it myself. Just saying, should have let Robbie lay in it. 100%.
0: Yeah, should have just quietly done it. And then he wouldn't have had to worry about Robbie. They could have all left right there. Yep. Uh, But instead... It activates some kind of weird, uh, mm-hmm, some weird ectoplasmic phenomenon. Is that a good word? Is that it's that some it's
1: it's a, some Danny Phantom is essentially what it does.
0: Yeah, and all of a sudden we get Tamri, who's been on her phone the whole time, trapped inside of a television.
1: Her yeah 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 that's right because the irony and, she's trapped within the technology. Ha ha ha. you get it? Yes,
0: and uh, sure do. A little heavy handed. Not long after, we get Thompson, who's been dancing on the uh, Dancy Pants Revolution game, trying to get his high score, and yep. his molecules split in half, and he is inside the dance game.
1: Oh, he gets trapped inside the game. Get it? Because, like, he's trapped inside the technology. You get wow. It? For, for yeah.
0: the second time, I understand. Well,
1: oh, my God. Thank the Lord they don't do it a third time, I'm just saying.
0: There's <laughs> a really nice, fun moment here where... He just talks back to the game and is like, no, you're a dance machine
1: and cries. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, because when you play the game, it says encouraging things. And it's like, you're a dance machine. He's like, you're because it's literally a dance machine. Yeah, it's it's so good. Very funny. Well, uh, I, I laughed at that. Definitely.
0: <laughs> so Wendy, Wendy tries to leave, but the door is locked. Mania ensues. Also, and-
1: just saying Wendy tries to abandon all of her friends who've just been captured. Awesome move. Another reason why Wendy's super, super responsible. Continue. <laughs> but she
0: is nothing if not consistent.
1: You're right. That's what trust really is. Trust is not about somebody always doing well. It's about them always behaving by expectation.
0: Yeah, you always know what you're going to get. All reliable you know it, Wendy. Yeah,
1: exactly. Reliable Wendy. Running away as soon as things are bad. So Nate leaves a
0: sarcastic comment and he's gone next. And he enters a cereal box in what I think is maybe the funniest line of the entire thing. And I'll, I'll let you <laughs> take it.
1: I'm bonkers for eating you alive. That was the quote. And it was the, the cereal mascot just comes to life and like starts to try to eat him. Get it? Because he's trapped in the food. Uh, 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 maybe maybe <laughs> not, as much, not as much for this one. But still, funny, awesome line best line Uh, of the episode fun little
0: (laughs) trivia on the back of the cereal box there is a maze uh that is impossible to get out of uh if you try (laughs) to go from start to finish yeah i guess you could always turn around
1: wait a minute but i thought if you followed to the left you would always make it to the end of a maze
0: oh no this is a debate that lucas and (laughs) i had at one (laughs) point to try (laughs) I guess I was wrong somehow.
1: I don't know how the maze
0: works, dude.
1: I don't. Well, I'm just saying you gave it to me in the premise of what you said. Nobody who's watching this is going to have any context for this debate, but but I that was a flex what I just said. Well, dude, this is actually wild. This is actually wild because
0: let me tie this right back in to the wacky adventures of Ronald McDonald because I took a note about it. I'm not that's, kidding
1: you. That's wild. That is wild. That, that is where the reference comes from. Because Alec and I had a debate about Amaze reference in that episode. Long story. Go. Tell me.
0: Yeah. So we did a YouTube video <laughs> about an old McDonald's cartoon that aired. Uh, and we had the VHSs for it. And we actually really enjoyed them a lot. And there's a haunted
1: house episode of this thing. Not that they're not bad, though. You should watch the videos. It's funny. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, anyway, there's a whole thing where Ronald says, oh, if you just follow the wall to your left, then you'll always make it out. And I spent most of my life thinking that I could get out of a maze that way always, and then Lucas and I had a debate about it. And I think that in the end, I was wrong. Uh, You cannot always get out of a maze that way. There's intricacies. But it's funny that you bring that up, because I had mentioned that I got... McDonaldland vibes from this spooky setting. Like, it reminded me of that Haunted House episode that we covered in the YouTube video.
1: Oh, Uh, no way! That's so funny that you thought that.
0: I know, totally unrelated to this point that you're making, but I did write that down, but I glossed over it because I was like, this is going to take a lot of explanation. Which it did, but I think it was worth the payoff. Well, and it it
1: flowed well with the random reference that we brought in. Sure. (laughs) What Um, what an episode. So... (laughs) If if things weren't wild
0: enough, let's get to the part where Mabel is suddenly possessed by a deep-voiced spirit.
1: Yeah, so because her consciousness is on the 28th dimension of Ra, uh, (laughs) it makes her body very easy to be possessed as it is an empty vessel currently. So (laughs) these ghosts possess Mabel and do some pretty creepy exorcist stuff where they like turn her head around in a circle and white out her eyes and stuff
0: yeah sure well the spirit uh tells the people oh you can leave but before you do have to, uh hot dogs are half off
1: oh yeah and
0: but then closes the doors and is like i was just kidding about the hot dogs and now we get i think lee whoever the last guy in the friend group is his molecules split apart and suddenly he's a hot dog
1: because get it? because you're trapped like it's a gender thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my god, they're trying
0: to play with metaphors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're off the rails. We're officially gone. I don't know how we're gonna wrap this up. Okay. Um. Anyway, Dipper realizes that they are all getting trapped after they're doing teenage-type things, thanks to a conversation with Wendy. Like, you know, you were kind of trying to allude to. Dipper confronts
1: the ghost to say... Oh, it wasn't being trapped. It was doing things that teenagers do. I got the wrong moral. Oh, no.
0: Man, you just clearly weren't paying close enough attention. It's okay. Oh,
1: so the last one was still a hot dog. Okay. I just got it.
0: <laughs> okay. From before. Okay, 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 okay. Dipper confronts the ghost to say he's not a teenager. And the ghost are like, oh, well, why didn't you say so? And they show up, and they're just a nice little elderly couple, and they are no longer possessing Mabel. Uh, They just decide to tell Dipper a nice little story about how they used to ban teenagers from this shop. And there's a great montage of why they hated teens when they were alive.
1: And they see a teenager like pull out a stereo and there's this like hilarious rap that's terrible. I tried to write it down, but I don't, I didn't. It was just silly. Look it up. Um, and they just die. They literally hear the rap and that's what kills them. They die from hearing rap music. And uh, that's hysterical, I think, personally. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> the fact that it literally, like, honestly, if that killed me. Yeah, I might hold a grudge too. I think that that is a completely understandable grudge to hold. The fact that it literally killed them and ended their lives in their store. At the same and time, both of them.
0: But as we are getting all these hilarious, scary, wild moments that are really wonders of animation and all kinds of different things. Yeah. We get to the ending, which pays off an earlier part of the episode. As the ghosts ask, do you know any funny little dances? To dip, which Dipper asks, is there anything else I can do? And Ghost One goes ballistic into this horrifying,
1: super creepy, red, yeah.
0: Red ghost image and just shouts, no!
1: Yeah, that okay. is literally
0: the only thing. Which, of course, is so silly and stupid, but it's setting up the idea that the only way that Dipper can escape this situation is by doing the very specific embarrassing lammy dance that Mabel made fun of him for yeah. earlier in the episode.
1: Well, and I also like that this gives a narrative reason for Dipper to confront. Not only like, oh, he's under 13, but that like symbolically he's still a child you know, and he needs to recognize that these people are older than him and and he is where he is in life and that's something that he has to accept and, you know, maybe there will be this image put upon him that he's a child which might suck, but you gotta live with it for a little bit. And I think that that's actually a really cool moral that they wove into it. I agree.
0: I think that's great. Uh, The ghosts love the Lammy dance. They are having it (sighs) and they let everybody go. Because, yep. because of the Lammy dance. Because the uh, Lammy dance. Wendy decides to be really cool and keep Dipper's secret because the rest of... or Everybody else was trapped. So yeah. they weren't able to see this and um, Dipper would prefer to keep it that way, which is fair.
1: I agree. I agree. Uh, Can I ask you a question? You may. Can we split our points into three?
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. So... Uh, let's Okay, let's get to the Yeah, there's not much else to go with the episode, to be honest. Um, yep. It really is just <clears throat> Mabel having, like, that hangover moment where she says so she never wants to eat or do anything ever again, I think. Yep. And, yeah, I guess that pretty much is the end. And I guess there's a bit of a resolution where Wendy says that she's looking forward to hanging out with Dipper again, and he really likes that. Um, so that sort of, like, takes that plot forward. And then okay, let's yeah, yeah, okay, I'm in. Let's talk characters. You wanna split between three. Yeah. So you wanna give a three-way tie and give everybody one point. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll allow it. Why not? But we we've already gone far enough in this episode. I'm not gonna spend more time arguing.
1: The only reason is because everybody in this episode does something that makes me not want to give them a full point.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I've separate
1: Wait, what's your two points? Give me your two points. I want to know. Okay, you, I mean... You might sway me. That's why my I want
0: My award winner for this one, my two points, character of the episode, is the ghost dude because they were responsible for everything. They had amazing creepy imagery. They made the episode <sighs> hilarious. They made it fun. They had so much creepiness and they carried the entire thing. Right? I, I can't imagine giving my points to anybody else. Like, I count them as the brain. I The only thing I don't count them as is uh, Mabel's trip, because that was unrelated.
1: That was, uh, yeah. They they supplied um, the
0: candy. <laughs> they did. Yeah, they supplied they, the candy. They were the dealer, even. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sure felt that way. Um. So, yeah, I mean, two points for them. And do you want to play off of that, or do you want me to tell you who my backup was?
1: Who's your backup too? I want to know.
0: Um, I almost gave it to Mabel because of that hilarious trip moment. And there's part of me that, oh, actually, okay, you take it over because I'm starting to talk myself into it again. The thing is, she sucks so much by being a bad sister to Dipper that it's hard for me to award her any points,
1: but. Well, see, that's why she's not getting two points for me, but she's getting one for sure. Because that scene is awesome. It's one of my favorite scenes in the show. I gotta give her a point for that. I have to. And also just for being funny and, and having... A, her personality works well with that whole plot line too. So I, I thought that was great. And I'm not gonna lie, my other points... I, I I was just gonna give two points to Grunkle Stan for the side plot.
0: Oh my goodness. It is really funny. It is. I really was! Good.
1: I loved it! And at the end too, when he like totally he's like crying and like totally sold it. It's the end credit scene. He's still super into it. I don't know, man. I, uh, are I, you, think are I, you rolling with that? Or are you still I, trying to split your points? Well, the thing is, he's not really in it long enough, so I didn't want to do that. So then I, I think I do want to split my points. So I was going to give one to Grunkle and then I'm going to give one to Wendy, because even though I don't like a lot of what she does in some ways, she is still kind of a badass and I appreciate her character for that reason. And she is a homie to Dipper at the end. You know what? No, I'm going to give Wendy two points. I think she deserves it. I'm giving, I'm giving Wendy two.
0: Oh, so you're taking everything away from Grunkle Sam?
1: Yeah. Sorry, Grunkle. I love the wow. side plot. It hurts me to do that. But I want to give two points to Wendy, partially because I don't think she might get points for, for other episodes because she doesn't get showcased very often. Um... But this was like the first Wendy heavy episode that we have. And I do think it is a really good introduction to her character as well. And it does play out well throughout the rest of the show. And it's a good, even though I don't love this plot line, it's still a good introduction to it. So, yep, I talked myself into it.
0: Okay, that's really good. I'm surprised you didn't give points to the ghosts. But I guess they're not. It's hard because when you award points to more irrelevant characters, you know they've got no shot at winning the overall award at the end. Which is why I'm hesitating on my backup. Who you know is not a main character.
1: I, I like the ghosts, but the thing is, this show steps it up so far when it comes to, like, creepy animation and stuff that even this isn't isn't enough for me yet. Just because I know the show has so much more to deliver later.
0: I understand that. Uh, and, and No, that, that's a good point. My, You know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm very tempted. I'm doing it. I'm giving my backup point to Thompson because... I, I know, you're looking at me with such a blank stare right now. Cause who's relate, Thompson? Cause Thompson's the guy who was on Dance Dance Revolution, and he's the one that is always <laughs> the butt monkey to the, the friend group.
1: And they're all the men- actually when when you described him earlier, I'm like, I feel like Alec really like, is gonna relate to this character and bring up something about it.
0: So sometimes in my friend groups, I put myself in a Thompson role, mostly intentionally. Uh, because I enjoy being the person that helps everybody laugh. I wouldn't say that it bothers me the way that it bothers Thompson,
1: but... It's the jester role. It's The jester ge- the role is necessary in a kingdom. I agree.
0: Yeah, that's sort of how I feel about it. And I know that I'm never going to give Thompson a point again, most likely, even though he shows up in future episodes. So because of the relatability, and he had many of the funniest parts to me as well... And I was frustrated at Mabel. I felt like Runkle Stan didn't get quite enough content. Um, I guess Thompson and Runkle Stan weren't that far off. But uh, I just, I want to give a point to Thompson. I feel like he deserves a point for everything that he's yeah. going through with these friends. I like you know?
1: it. No, I, I like your rationale. I, I, think it's, uh, I think that's good. I appreciate cool. it. All right.
0: Let's get some insights from Journal 3 because there's a lot about ghosts in Journal 3. We have an entire section that was written by the original author. And he lists 10 different categories of ghosts. I will not even close to read the full page entries of every ghost. And there is one page for every single one and all the intricacies.
1: There are essentially levels of ghosts, too. So, like, level 1, least docile, least harmful. Level 10, really gonna mess up your day. (laughs) At least. Yeah. It's funny, Alex, looking through the book, I've actually read this book through... Um, so I'm pulling this off of memory, but I remember level 8 looking really scary and level 10 looking really scary.
0: Yeah, so I I do want to just read the general page, because I do think it's interesting and somewhat important. So, original author said, I now know why Dan feared lending me this cabin. It is exceedingly haunted. But if there is one thing I know about hauntings, it is that they restless spirits are looking for someone to put them to rest. I will simply conduct a quick seance and ask the ghost what it needs, although forming a circle is rather hard with one person. Rather than lay the spirit to rest, my seance summoned an untold number of his unearthly brethren. The ghost sphere is so much more complicated than I ever imagined. Over the past two sleepless nights, I have been bedeviled by no less than ten distinct varieties of phantom, each deadlier than the last. So I think the reason this is interesting is that we know that the author unleashed a bunch of ghosts into Gravity Falls himself yeah, and that's pretty
1: we fascinating don't, Ooh, we don't know if, i just yeah. realized what we're probably going to talk about for the cryptid section at the end and i'm excited
0: me too <laughs> so you're gonna appreciate this the dipper entry has a moment where mabel basically just took over the book and drew the great she drew the crazy trip that she had with yeah. a bunch of like great words I, I i could always read it and then cut it if it's not interesting what do you think You can read some of them.
1: I want to know. I'm not looking at it, so I want you to read them to me.
0: All right, great. So after Dipper writes about his journey and writes a little bit about his crush on Wendy, Dipper writes, okay, I'm done writing. Mabel takes over, and she's like, well, I'm not. Dipper's gone to bed, but I need to write down what happened tonight, and I forgot the combo to my diary lock. Again, I can't stop thinking about... Oh, sure, it looks lovely, but these devil dogs speak in backwards nightmare language that will haunt you forever. I got here by eating bleventine packets of expired banned <laughs> European sugar candy called Smile Dip. This may be the first time I've ever had a bad idea, and I'm sure it'll be my last. <laughs> and yeah, that's what just, I said. She just says, Beware these dogs. These are not good dogs. Which we do not get in the episode, her turning on the dogs. Dude, so.
1: I gotta find me some of that candy, is all I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt again,
0: but I've deciphered the next entry. It reads, With all seven in the order received, switch the last and the first so to not be deceived. I hope that makes more sense to you than it does me. But could they mean that the letters are out of order and spell a different word? I'm not sure. I'll do some more deciphering and report back. Keep tuning in and remember... I'm counting on you. All right, Lucas, let's open up Journal 4, where we take a mystery from our world and talk about it. We know what we're talking about, right? We're talking about ghosts? We have to.
1: All right, well, it's very fitting that we also had Mabel's scene in this episode, because my theory on ghosts is very much related to parallel dimensions and stuff of that nature. Um, I think that there's a lot of different phenomenon that people experience that are labeled ghosts a lot. I'll bet there's a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think that what the question is, is the essence of a sort of disembodied soul having a physical presence on our realm of perception, right?
0: Yeah, those are good parameters.
1: I think that that's, that's fair. And I think the likeliness that something like that that exists, that is imperceptible to the specific wiring that we have in our brains that allows us to perceive reality the way that we do, I think it's probably pretty likely that there's stuff like that. Now, the term ghost specifically, one thing I'd want to clarify is the nature of a ghost being the deceased spirit. That is the part that I don't know as much about. That's the part where it gets a little fiction-y for me.
0: Hmm. I don't know <clears throat> if it needs to be that, right? We don't have to say that the Loch Ness Monster is a plesiosaur. We could say that it is anything that might live in the lake. I feel that the same applies for ghosts. Well, we so don't know what mean, they are.
1: But a, but so that's the question, though, because does a spirit and a ghost are not defined the same way. So is a ghost's definition different because it's implied that it is the spirit of something that is passed on?
0: I think that what we should use here is the cryptid wiki to give us an actual <clears throat> definition that we can safely use for these parameters. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, right. Here's what we've got. A ghost originating from the word goistos, which is cool. G- <laughs> Germanic Old Norse, meaning awesome. rage. Rage. Is the s- yeah. It is the soul of a dead person or animal, a disembodied dead. spirit, usually as a vague shadowy or evanescent form as wandering among or haunting living persons the idea of ghost states that our cryptids are not all they appear to be that sounds like an opinion but i think that using that definition you
1: you pulled a definition from the cryptid wiki and got an opinion that's shocking i i
0: can't believe it it, it's definitely the first time it's ever happened yeah Um, for sure lucas um (laughs) using that definition we're assuming that these are people you know souls that are maybe lost things of that nature what do you think
1: Hmm, still possible but i'd say it's more likely that that's something that we project onto an experience that we don't understand because if you see a spirit and you lost a loved one you know it makes sense you might want to fill in that blank right yeah but if you see you know If you see a spirit of a soul that you don't recognize, why would you assume that it was somebody that died? You know, like, how would you know that that's the reason they're there? There could be a million reasons a disembodied spirit could be somewhere. It doesn't have to have been dead. It could have been before they were born. There could be an entire system of soul navigation that works like the DMV that's barely perceptible above our foreheads that we don't even know about. There's a million things that could be happening. So I'll give it a seven.
0: I love how you got there. Um, I, I like that we're trying to differentiate spirits and ghosts a little bit here. And I do understand the distinction after we've talked about it. Uh, but let's be honest. I grade on a curve as far as what is l- going from the likeliest thing we're going to talk about to the least likely thing. Mm-hmm. And the distinction is the only thing that gives me pause because I like your point about, you know, we don't really know what the what spirits are if people are seeing them and there are so many accounts of people seeing weird things i know that you yourself have told me a wild story about seeing something that i was
1: just about to say can i is it too long for me to tell a ghost story i'll make it quick i
0: i want to warn people that this is kind of scary and very legit lucas is not making this up no i swear uh, to god
1: this really happened this is such a we're not making story. it up for the show So check this out. I was working nights at a hotel called McMinniman's in McMinnville, And if you look up this hotel, it's like literally, it's, it is a haunted hotel. Like it's in the marketing, I should say that it's a haunted hotel. And there's like paintings of like ghosts and like aliens and stuff all the way up. It's also, there's a UFO festival there. So like, it's a really creepy place to work nights at a hotel. I worked there for like a year and a half. And uh, my first night, very first night I was on the job. I was in the uh, kitchen area, which I don't even need to like clean there or anything. There's no reason for me to be there, or not the kitchen, the like pub front area. Nobody's gonna know what it is. It doesn't matter. But I'm in this area that I don't like. There's I have no duties there. I don't need to clean it or whatever. And I see a note card face down on the ground. Um, regularly, I would just like leave it there because it's none of my business. But I was like, you know what? I want to pick up this card, and instead of just like picking it up and recycling it, I like I'm gonna read it. There's something about it. I was like, I want to read it. I pick it up, I flip it over, and then all caps, it says, get out. Right. And I was like, okay, that's creepy. Didn't think too much about it. Right. I didn't tell anybody about it. I was like, whatever, maybe someone's messing with me. Maybe, you know, cause it's my first night on the job, didn't think anything about it. Right. Did st- again, didn't tell anybody is the biggest part of the story did not say that any of that happened. So I just recycle it. Don't think anything about it. <clears throat> Two months later, I'm on the job And on the third floor of this hotel, there's like a little coffee station, which is like a little wooden desk and a mirror. And I go to set up coffee at like four o'clock in the morning. And the the hotel's locked all night, I also would say. So nobody can get in unless I see them walk through the front door while I'm working there. I go to the third floor and at four o'clock in the morning, I'm not joking you, in the mirror on that little coffee station. I see in the exact same handwriting and font, get out and the marker that wrote it is hanging on top or is dangling on top of this little round mirror, perfectly placed right on top. And I had been up and down the hotel throughout the night to do like walks and it hadn't been like that. (laughs) It's freaking scary. When I saw that, when I read it, I literally stopped setting up coffee and I ran to the front desk because I was just freaked out. I thought somebody was like, like stalking me or something. It was so scary, dude. And yeah, n- n- nothing. And then I told my boss about it. He's like, whoa, that's creepy, dude. I'm sorry you have work again tonight. <laughs> so that was oh my it. Goodness. And I just kept going to work. <laughs> from like months. That was early in my job that that happened. So I, was, I worked there for like a year after that.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, it freaks me out every time you tell that story. I, I, it's so hard because you never know with these kinds of things. Y- you'd think that something like that could be a very elaborate prank from one person if they were able to figure out how to make it happen.
1: Oh yeah. I'm not trying to throw a ghost on that. I mean, it, the fact that it was a haunted hotel, like there's a lot of ghostly things about it. So it's fun to give it that label. Yeah. It was,
0: but- it's notorious for being haunted is the other thing.
1: Okay, the one other ghost story that I actually had from that hotel that is a little bit scarier to me, because that one could be somebody, but one time I I cleaned the bathroom, I walked out of it, and then when I walked back in, like, five minutes later, the light was off. And I'm like, oh, that's funny, I don't remember turning off the light. So I turned it back on and I closed the door. And I was like, I really don't remember turning the light off. I'm like, maybe I should, like, go in the bathroom and check. And then I heard three loud knocks on the door behind me after I closed it. And I was so Scared. Excuse my French, that I literally ran to the front desk and I did not, I didn't do any more work for the rest of the night. I stayed at the front desk for the rest of the day. I didn't pee. I didn't go back to the bathroom. I was horrified. And I could see the bathroom from the front desk and there were no people in there because nobody walked out of it all night.
0: Oh my goodness. Oh. All right. So after this discussion, I'm just going to go ahead and give Ghost a 10. Regardless of <laughs> Whether we're defining it as spirits <laughs> or ghosts. It's just because you are not the only person who has stories like these. Like, so many people yeah. have seen ghosts or some version of them, whatever it is. And, again, I'm if I'm grading on a curve, I can't imagine that many more things that we're going to come across that I feel like are going to be likelier to exist than ghosts. You know, we've got pictures, and there's all of these shows that, you know, ghost hunters and all, and don't okay, get me wrong, like, but, I'm not saying yeah. that those are reputable, but, like, the fact that there is such a serious contingency of people that are genuinely interested in that kind of thing, I don't know, man. Like well, I see, I see I, it
1: I think it's more likely that there are like that people accidentally see into like another dimension for a second and then they're seeing, you know, entities that exist constantly in a parallel, you know, plane of existence that we just usually can't see. That's that's regardless, my theory. regardless of the reason. Uh, I, I,
0: am comfortable giving a rating that high. Uh, yeah. I, no, I, I I'm i trying to think of something that's going to go higher for me than ghosts, and I don't know off the top of my head. So, we'll go there. Oh, and... I have one.
1: Aliens, for me.
0: Oh, we haven't even touched that. Okay. Yeah, we won't right. we'll, we'll get into that now, though, yeah. Yeah. No, the distinction between Spirit and Ghost almost made me give it a nine, but then your story spooked me enough to go ahead and put it at a ten, regardless of whether it's... If oh, any funny. of it was somebody messing with you or not it's just ah it it, it hits you you know and you're like oh, oh it's man. all
1: it's all story i give it a seven still even though it happened to me <laughs> that's so wild dude i
0: couldn't <laughs> i i you are braver than i
1: uh you just you know it was still that's not the scariest thing i've ever seen but we can get into that another time too
0: <laughs> speaking of which the cypher this week is onwards Aoshima. Which was a reference to what Mabel saw when she was hallucinating. It was the name of the dolphin thing with arms that spun around. Yes. Of course.
1: We've all seen it. No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) Wow. We covered everything today. Um, This podcast is brought to you by the Brazilian Dragon Network, which has lots of rewatches of shows and movies. Uh, And the Dragon Babies feed, where you can listen to our podcast or you can do it on the feed that you might be listening to now. I don't know which one you're listening to. It doesn't matter. You can find more of Lucas and I by watching Hester Brothers Cartoon Theater on YouTube. And please check out our social media and Discord links in the description. Gravity Bros is a labor of love, and all five-star reviews mean a lot to us, as well yes. as just well wishes and people who care about what we're doing. Um, yes. If you ever want questions asked like we gave to Max Hatter today, feel free to ask him in the Discord, and I'll try to bring in a future episode. Um, Thanks to our artist, Tessa Scarborough, and the voice of the mysterious woman, Anna LaFleur. We'll see you next week, everybody.
1: Happy sleuthing.